So heads I propose to her, tails I don't. Order the buckler and shield and prepare for battle. Okay. Does anyone relate to any of those ways of making a decision? Surely some of you have done the open the Bible and pick a verse where you've needed a verse. Anyone? Yeah, I have lots of nods for that. I've definitely done that one. Um, well, we're launching into a four-part message series for the month of June called God's Plan. And if any of you read the Facebook post or the um, messenger, um, if you get sent that, um, then you'll know that... Um, I've struggled with this concept of God's plan. It can be this elusive thing that you can't quite work out. You think it's so defined. So we're just going to sort of break it down a little bit over the next four weeks. What does it even mean to be seeking out God's plan? Now, I've been um, an officer doing this job for about 19 years. And by far, hands down, without a shadow of a doubt, the most common question I'm asked is something that goes like, what do you think God wants me to do? What's God's will for my life? What do you think God's plan is? Or how do I know, people will ask, God's plan for my life? How do I know what God wants me to do? And perhaps you wondered as you saw Jackson this morning, how cute is he and how just so observant of the world is he? Maybe some of you are wondering, I wonder what he's going to do with his life. Is he going to be a teacher like his parents? There's plenty of teachers in our family. Going to be a teacher. Maybe he's going to be a famous YouTuber. or whatever's cool in 20 years. I'm not even sure what that's going to be. Probably his job may not have even been invented yet. But we, we wonder sometimes, what is God going to do with our kids' lives? What is it that is, is God's will? I'm sort of at the other end of my kids. I've got three kids at uni and one of them in his last year and tr- applying for jobs and wondering, what am I going to do with my life? And I wonder, what is he going to do with his life? What do we do? Think about that for a second and we'll get back to it. What and do, what and do, that's what we ask. So some of you right now, you might have some really significant decisions to make. Maybe some of you are finishing school and you're wondering, what do I do next year? Do I get a job? Do I have a gap year? Do I go to university? Some of you are dating someone maybe or want to be dating someone, but maybe you're dating someone and they're pretty good. Things seem sort of okay, but there's some things you're not sure about and you think, should I stick with that person or should I let it go and move on? Should I take this new job offer that I've been given that's a bit more risky or should I stick with the job I've already got? Should I buy a new car or should I stick to the one I've got for another six months until it really wears down into the ground? Should I have a third kid or should I stick with two? I'm not going to give you my opinion about that. (laughs) Do I I get a second opinion on the medical diagnosis I've been given and on on the treatment plan? Do I seek that further? What, What do I do about that, God? We always want to know, don't we, what is God's plan? What would God have us do? There's a lot written um, today about the challenge of of one of the more emerging generations known as the millennials. And I read this week about the reason they have trouble making decisions, which apparently they do, although I think all of us do these days, but is that they have too many options. Anyone relate to that? There's too many options. More options, so much harder to eliminate them and to make a choice. As I said, I don't think this is just about a millennial. There's no way I can call myself a millennial. And Phil and I sit down some nights to watch just something on TV before bed, just trying to find a little show. And between Netflix and Stan and Disney Plus, and some of you would have Amazon Prime and Apple TV and 
there's probably more SBS on demand. ABC, iView, is that what it's called? Between all these options, there are just so many choices that you can make. And some nights we flick through and we're too tired and we go to bed without actually making a choice and watching anything. Can anyone else relate to me? Yeah, oh, excellent. But so many options, it's hard to make decisions in life, isn't it? It's really hard. We need, not about what we watch on TV, although maybe, no, I take that back, maybe we do need some divine direction about what we watch on TV too. But we need divine direction with so many of the choices we make. So in the upcoming weeks, we're going to get really practical, I promise. We're going to get down to some nitty-gritty about this. But today, I want to lay a bit of, found, of a foundation to, to launch from. Today, I want us to consider maybe an undergirding question to what does God want me to do? And that is, what does God care about? What does God care about? We're going to look at two thoughts this morning to build this foundation. And the first thing I think God cares about, or I think Scripture tells us God cares about, is God cares about who before do. God cares about who we are more than what we actually do, especially when we're thinking about a vocation, a job. When it comes to God's plan, God cares way more about who you are as a person than what you specifically do with your life. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3 in the NLT puts it this way. It says, God's will is for you to be holy. Nowhere in the Bible when I tried to do my open the Bible and put my finger down, did the Bible tell me, Rebecca, you are to be an accountant or Rebecca, you're to be a human resource manager or Rebecca, you're to be an officer. But it does say, Rebecca, you are to be holy. This Greek word translated as holy is agios. I can never pronounce it right, but it means set apart. It means different. It means other. It means that if we follow Jesus, we're not about following just the normal things that our world accepts as okay. We're not supposed to live for what's temporary. We're not supposed to live for a job even. We're not supposed to live for something specific. We're supposed to live to become like Jesus. We're supposed to live like Jesus lived. We're supposed to love like Jesus loved. The where and the what and the how that we do that is not as important as the fact that we are doing that. We're to treat people the way Jesus treated people wherever we find ourselves working or living or doing. You'll notice in the Bible as well that Jesus doesn't talk about people's careers. He talks about people's character. In fact, the only time Jesus brought up someone's job was when he told them to leave their job and to follow him. I'm inviting you to leave that job, Jesus sometimes says, because following me, following Jesus is more important than what you're actually doing vocationally. Who before do. The question people ask is, what does God want me to do? Well, I think the first question we should ask before we even get there is, who does God want me to become? Who does God want me to become? And if we start there, this truth, the who, will eventually lead us to the right do. When we're becoming the right person, God will show us who he wants us to be. Now, for example, let's get nice and personal this morning. I'm a Salvation Army officer. That's what I've tried to follow as God's plan for my life. That's where I feel like he has led me. Is it God's will that I am an officer? Might be getting a little bit controversial here, but I would argue that it's not his primary will. Hopefully it's his secondary will and I'm doing the right thing, but I would say his primary will for me is that I am holy. His primary will is about my character. It's not about my job. An officer is what I do, but it's not who I am. 
I could be an officer and out of God's will if my heart is not right with God and if my character is weakening. For example, if I preach a really good message and I'm eloquent, Paul said something like this as well, but I'm abusive to my family, I'm not in God's will, right? If I mentor people and help people grow and raise up great leaders, but I also judge people and I'm not inclusive of all people created by God, then I'm not in God's will. If I'm a charismatic leader and I got a lot, get a lot done, but I actually don't pay my bills and I'm irresponsible with money, I don't live up to my responsibilities, then I'm not in God's will. Why? Because who to God is so much more important than what? Who I am as, am as a person. And I believe God would much rather me do anything than be an officer if, as an officer, I can't live with integrity. God would rather me do anything with a pure heart before him than do something that appears spiritual and good, but really to live with ongoing, unconfessed sin in my life. God is way more concerned with who I am than what I do. So how does this apply to you? As I was reading and preparing for this message, that's what God reminded me. And maybe he's applied something to your mind as I've been speaking right now. How does it apply to you? Should I date this person or not? Well, I would encourage you today to date with integrity serving Jesus. Be first and foremost a Jesus follower. Do what God would call you to do as you're, as you're dating that person. Worry about who you are. Be the right who and see if that fits. Maybe you're thinking about taking a job somewhere else and you say, should I stay this, in this job or should I go to another? I would encourage you today, it doesn't matter so much exactly what you do, but rather who you are. Be a faithful follower of Jesus wherever you are. What should I major in at uni? Should I do business or education? Well, whatever you major in, make sure you're serving Jesus while you're doing it. Don't stop. Don't wait. Keep serving Jesus. Keep seeking him. Keep being holy, living the way he wants you to live. What do you want me to do in the future, Jesus? Maybe change that question just in this first week while we're creating a foundation and start by asking God, who do you want me to become? God's plan is that we're conformed to the image of Jesus, that step by step we become more like him. And as we do, he will lead us to those places where we can do that best. So who before do? And the second thing is God cares about why before what? God's will is why before what? In other words, motives matter to the heart of God. Motives matter. Scripture says it this way in Proverbs 16.2. All a person's way seems pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Other versions kind of say, what you think you do is right. We all have the ability to deceive ourselves, another version says. The heart is deceitful above all things, another version of the Bible says. But you may think you do everything right, but God judges your motives. God looks at your heart and he judges your motives rather than the specifics of what you're doing. I regularly, myself, will pray this prayer and I wonder how long since you've paid, prayed this prayer. Psalm 139. Search my heart, O God. Phil read some of these words this morning. It goes on long, but these are the words that always get me. Search my heart, O God. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Much better prayer than what do you want me to do? Search my heart. See if my character is good. See if I'm living holy and lead me from there. It's almost impossible to get to the right place 
when we have the wrong motives. It's almost impossible to end up in the right destination or the destination that God wills, if you like, when we start with the wrong why. It's almost impossible to follow God's plan when it's our own motives and desperation and thing that drives us because the why really matters to God. This morning, I hope you can take a few moments just to examine your motives, to ask God, am I on the right why? Why am I living this way? Why am I doing this job? Why am I dating this person? Why have I got this attitude? Why? Paul said it so powerfully, God, what do you want me to do? Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to, to God the Father through him. And whatever you do, whatever you do, whether you're an entry-level worker or you're running the company, whether you're a student or you're the teacher in the class, whatever you do, in word and deed, do it all for the glory of the Lord Jesus. Whatever you do, wherever you are, serve him there. Be faithful there. Wherever you live, serve him there. Whoever you're dating, serve him there. Whatever job you have, serve him there. You may say, well, I'm a mum. I'm at home and I'm doing laundry and cleaning poopy bottoms. <laughs> Some of you would know what that's like in those early days where you're at home and that's all you feel like you're doing all the time. And I would encourage you, serve Jesus there. Serve him, disciple your child, pray for your child. It's a challenging season, but do it with the right motives. You may say, I'm a student, but I've got aspirations one day. I'm going to do something huge. I want to change the world. I think we all feel that a little bit. We want to change the world. We want to make a difference. Well, I encourage you today, be faithful wherever you are. Be faithful in the small things long before you expect something big. Serve Jesus where you are in the everyday. I've had young people say to me, I want to be a missionary overseas. But they're not really doing a lot right now. And so I would say, be a missionary in your biology class. Be a missionary wherever you are. Be faithful where you are. People look at someone successful and they often think, oh, they must have made lots and lots and lots and lots of good decisions. That's not generally what they think. They think that it happens quickly. They think it happens by one, one or two decisions, but actually it is by thousands of daily decisions. And today, that's what I want to encourage us to do. I want to encourage us to make the small decisions, to faithfully make decisions that are for God, that are for our character so that God can use us. Not so much, what does God want me to do? But who does God want me to become? Whatever you're facing today, ask him today, who does God want me to become? Think about Jesus. Think about what he endured, the people that he came to love. They hated him. <laughs> They killed him. They tortured him brutally beyond measure. How do you think he endured that? How do you think he soldiered on? He, he put up with that. How did he do what he did? Well, he knew who he was. He was the son of God. And he was on a mission to obey the father. He came to give his life for others. He came to serve others. And he did what he did because he knew who he was and he knew his purpose and so perhaps for you today, God's will for you is more about someone than something. It's about a someone now rather than a something out there. And people say, I want a calling. I want a calling. I want a purpose. I want a mission. Well, I want to encourage you today that all of our callings are a little bit the same or exactly the same. Our calling is to love. Our calling is to serve. 
Some of you are going, well, that's great, but I came here because you promised me some direction today. <laughs> I've got a decision to make. And so we're going to build on this in a few weeks, as I've said, but, but the two things today I want you to, to be encouraged by. If you're becoming the right who, God will help you choose the right do. You focus on becoming the right person, God will open doors to the do. And secondly, if you're driven by the right why, if you've got the right motives, God will lead you to the right what. Trust God. First things first today. Whatever you do, wherever you live, whatever your job, whatever your current status in life, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Be faithful today. Don't freak out so much about the future, but serve and be faithful in the present. So I know many of you in this room, not all of you, but many of you, and I know some of you have got some big decisions that you're making. Life has thrown you curveballs and you've got to find your way out of it. Some of you are just coming up to the next season of life and you've got to make some big decisions. My encouragement today is simply to focus or to, to focus on Jesus, to take a few moments. We're going to close our eyes in a moment and I'm going to pray. And I want you to give permission to God to work on your who and why before you hear about his what, what it is going to be that he wants you to do. Who do you want us to become? Would you pray that with me as I pray this morning? God, speak to us. See if there's any offensive way, anything in us that is not like Jesus and lead us in a different direction if that's needed today. God, we pray that you would help us to see more clearly who it is that we're to become, to see you more clearly as we become more like you. God, I would pray that we would never focus on our jobs ahead of our character. God, wherever there's a lack of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, we, we ask for healing. We ask for forgiveness, God. We ask that you would work in us your love, your joy, your peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, your faithfulness. God, today, as individuals, as families, as a church, help us to focus more today on who you want us to be rather than what you want us to do. I pray, God, that you would do a life-transforming work in our hearts today as you conform us to the image of Jesus, Jesus who loved the world so much that he didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but he came into the world that the world may be saved. Thank you for your love for us. Help us to love your world like that today as we become more like you, I pray. Amen.